This is Bob Morris in Desert Horticulture. I want you to be able to select the best nectarine and peach tree for your backyard or small orchard operation. Join me today on this topic and more in Desert Horticulture. Learn more about Desert Horticulture by signing up for my blog, Extreme Horticulture of the Desert. That's all one word, Extreme Horticulture, and starting with an X. Take some of my classes on Eventbrite if you're in the Las Vegas area. That's Bob Morris on Eventbrite. Nectarine fruit is nothing more than peach fruit without the fuzz on it. Although they have been bred separately from peaches, so they have a lot of distinctive characteristics quite different from peaches. And because it doesn't have the fuzz on the outside, nectarines have both a positive and a negative side to them. The positive side is, if you don't like the fuzz, they taste a lot better. But the fuzz really plays an important role in pest control in nectarine. In particular, uh, the nectarine fruit itself is protected from getting scarred and blemishing from a little insect pest called the western flower thrip. And the western flower thrip is not a terribly strong flyer, but it can run havoc. They're, they're very, very tiny. When you look for them in the orchard, you have to stand perfectly still, look at the flowers when the flowers are open, and you'll see those little tiny insects, very poor flyers, flying up inside the flower and ripping the ovary that will become that fruit to shreds when the flower is just open. That's why they call them Western flower thrips. They're a terrible, terrible menace for nectarines, and one of the reasons why we have scarring and deformed nectarine fruit in the desert. But regardless of that, nectarine is a great fruit to grow if you're willing to spend the time in controlling the western flower thrips because the fuzz on the outside of the peach acts as a form of a, of a barrier for the western flower thrips. And once the breeding has been done to a nectarine, removing that outer layer of sandpapery kind of texture, then the western flower thrips has a heyday going ahead and ripping that uh, smooth skin of the nectarine to pieces. And of course, as the fruit begins to grow, as uh, it gets more and more deformed and more out of character. So a lot of sprays have to go on. It's a lot dirtier fruit to take care of. So I don't recommend nectarine for a lot of home producers unless you're willing to commit to those types of sprays and protections in the future from Western flower thrips. That being said, one of the very, very best fruits in the entire orchard that I've ever had the pleasure to grow has been a nectarine called Arctic Star. Arctic Star in the desert has been a very, very high performer. It's one of the few trees I've given five stars to the fruit in terms of the flavor and uh, the texture and the, the t overall taste of the fruit itself. It is a very high quality fruit if you like a floral kind of a, a bouquet to the flesh when you're eating it and when you're smelling it. Arctic Star, a great, great variety for the desert. Honorable mention, 
Honorable mention off of that is uh, Arctic Glow, Arctic Rose. Remember that Arctic comes from the same breeding program. Desert Dawn and Desert Delight and Double Delight. Uh, Those are my probably my top picks for nectarines in the desert region. Some of those are white, like Arctic Star is, white-fleshed, and some of them are yellow-fleshed. Your choice. The yellow-fleshed is a little stronger in their flavor. Uh, The white-fleshed varieties are a little little more delicate in the flavor that they have, a little more floral in their flavor. So it's your pick. But if you're picking a nectarine, uh, choose uh, those particular varieties. That's what I would... uh, Under review, we've got a few of them under review right now. and I guess if I were to look at um, varieties of nectarines, the ones that so far I don't particularly care for have been some of the miniature types, such as Nectasi and Garden Delight. But also in that group is Goldmine, Independence, and Panamint. Those have been a little bit less desirable, as far as I'm concerned, in our desert climate than some of the others. But some of those that look promising include Arctic Gold and uh, Liz's Late, to mention a couple. I've got a couple of others right now that I'm looking at closely, and we'll take a closer look at those after after they've been growing for a while. I don't like to evaluate fruit until they've been in production, until I've been able to gather the fruit from them for about five years. And after about the fifth year, I gain some sense of confidence that the fruit is going to be reliable and it's also going to have good flavor year after year. Some of the uh, miniatures, uh, at least personally, some of the miniatures, uh, the the genetic dwarfs or miniatures as we call them, they're, they're good for containers, for growing them in containers because they stay relatively small. But... Um, uh, they're, in my opinion, they are a little bit irregular in the quality of the fruit from year to year. So that's one reason I'm a little down on them. And it's true also of the peaches that we'll talk about next. But nectarines, um, I've noticed that in them as well. So uh, when we're looking at uh, the nectarine itself and also the peaches, they're going to be on rootstocks. That's that little dog leg at the bottom that you see from the nursery. And those little dog legs, the rootstock itself, has quite a bit of influence over the tree and how it grows. If you were to pick rootstocks uh, that I particularly like for the desert, uh, there is a rootstock called Citation, uh, which is a, a very high quality rootstock for our desert region. It handles the heat, it handles the soils well, and it's semi dwarfing. So uh, these nectarine trees, peach trees, may only get somewhere between 8 and 15 feet tall if they're on uh, some of the semi-dwarfing type of rootstocks that are common to peach and nectarine. That's uh, on nectarine itself. Uh, Those are my recommendations. On peach, peach also does extremely well in our climate as well as the nectarine. I like peach a little bit 
more just because it's a little easier to grow than nectarine. Both nectarine and peach have a tendency to get bores in them, so the more protection, these are the bores that uh, cause damage to the trunk and limbs. And so when you're growing these things, the more shade that you can leave on the large limbs and the trunk, the better off you're going to be in our hot desert climate. Uh, once they get exposed in direct sunlight for any length of time, they have a tendency to sunburn. And once the sunburn happens, uh, it can be a, a little bit of a decline when the boars begin to attack. And again, it's not quite sure which came first, chicken or the egg here, but the um, the boars themselves could cause a decline and could cause sunburning or sunburning could cause some bore problems to enter the tree. Not sure exactly which comes first, but both of those we have to be very careful about in sunlight intensity in the desert and the shading of the trunk and those uh, larger limbs when we start to establish the structure. Both peach and nectarine should be pruned to an open center, which means that we try to, in the, if you're looking at backyard production, small-scale production, we're going to try to get those trees, um, those lower branches on the trees, established as low on the trunk as possible without them hitting the ground. So around knee height, around two feet off the ground, maybe 18 inches at the lowest is where we want those limbs to start coming out of the trunk uh, of the tree to get those lower limbs established so we have good scaffold limbs. On peaches themselves, peach, both peach and nectarine, like I said, do very, very well in our climate. And um, they've received praise from internationally recognized chefs for the high quality that we can produce in the desert. And what we'll notice in the desert climate is we'll, we'll notice that uh, our acidity may be a little bit lower, but we have really good flavor profiles, much better than you'd get in areas of the country where there's more overcast skies and there's cooler climates. So the recommended uh, rootstock you can is citation again because it's semi-dwarfing, but Nemegard has performed well, among others, as uh, over the long term. But uh, the number one rootstock I would say for the desert region on peach as well is uh, citation, which is a semi-dwarfing type. The top choice on peaches that I've liked the variety wise has been Babcock, which is a white mid-season peach, Eva's Pride, May Pride, Mid Pride, and Stark Saturn. Stark Saturn is a donut peach with white flesh in its mid-season. Um, it, it has quite a floral aroma as well as the just similar to the Arctic Star, for instance. But it's got a really good fl uh, floral scent to the, to the flesh when it's starting to ripen, as well as after it's been picked. And it develops very high sugar content in the desert. We can expect uh, quite high bricks on all of these fruits. Some honorable mentions as far as the peaches are concerned. Arctic Supreme, uh, Desert Gold, uh, early treat, early amber, early Alberta, 
Alberta, Florida Prince, Red Baron, and Red Haven. One thing I would note on this is that <clears throat> is that um, I prefer peaches that are that produce their fruit in the June, July, even August time period rather than later or real early. For instance, peach fruit that is real early, some of the May types like Early Treat or Florida Prince, they have a really good flavor and they're great for the first market. It's a good bragging rights to have the first peaches coming on in that May time frame. But I don't think the fruit quality as far as flavor and texture, texture is good. But as far as the flavor is quite up to par as some of the later peaches. But, you know, who's to say uh, when you have a peach that comes on that early, any peach that comes on that early, the first peach of the year is always the best peach, in my opinion. But uh, those two, Early Treat and Florida Prince, are extremely early and hit that really early market. Good bragging rights, so. I would mention also another variety called Red Baron, just because it has very good quality fruit. The fruit is is high quality, but I think of high note, something to note a lot about Red Baron peach is the flower color. The flower color is unique when it comes to it. It's more of a I'm really bad at describing colors, but it is more of a reddish pink, a bright red color, than it is uh, that peach pink color that you have that's real typical of the light, peak, light pink or, or medium pink or pink with white in them colors that you get uh, from from more of the more typical peach varieties. But anyway, with that, under review, and a couple in here that I have not particularly liked so much, uh, is um, one called Carnival. I would steer you away from that. Fair time hasn't been, in my opinion, hasn't developed good flavor in the desert. But one that really has attracted my attention that's not on this list is one called Indian Blood. It's a later peach, which I discourage. I don't like them too late. I don't like them <clears throat> when we're picking or harvesting and then towards the end of August and into September. That to me is uh, apple time, and it's really difficult to get excited about a peach when you're waiting that that long, but any of those that are producing in that June, July, early August period are good for peaches. You know, a whole group of peaches that are worth mentioning are the Alberta types. The early Albertas, Kim Alberta, Gleason Alberta, um, are really good selections. They're a good solid peach, yellow peach, and uh, they're 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 strong growers. They're something that you should consider putting in your yard. But anyway, some of those under review that I've really liked in the past include um, Sugar Lady, the uh, Snow King and Snow Giant, Snow Beauty, 
The uh, Kim Alberta I mentioned earlier before, Harkin, uh, are all good selections. O. Henry is another good one. Uh, you find that a lot offered on in farmers markets and roadside stands, but also another good solid peach to look at. It's under review currently, but um, with that, I'd, I'd certainly take a look. And again, the same rootstocks. If you can find a citation rootstock, or if if you buy a tree that has the rootstock label still on it, look for citation. Or if you can't find the rootstock mentioned citation, then look for a semi-dwarfing rootstock, especially for home yards, backyard situations. Some of the other rootstocks, like Nemagard, for instance, are pretty aggressive, and the trees can get uh, full-sized. And in backyard situations, home yard situations, stay with some of those with a little bit uh, that'll keep them a little bit more semi-dwarfed in their appearance. But that's about it for uh, peaches and nectarines. Peaches, a little easier to take care of than nectarines. Not as much spraying to do. Be careful of the boars. Be careful. Uh, that's probably our number one pest, that and birds wanting to get them. Oh, by the way, if you're going to harvest these things, just harvest them a little earlier. When I like to harvest peach or nectarine is when the fruit goes from rock hard to just slightly soft. And I start looking for the first bird pecks. If I see bird pecks in the fruit, I know it's time to start harvesting the fruit because if the birds are going after them, that means that they're smelling something or tasting something that we should enjoy. So harvest them carefully when you harvest them. Twist them off, pull them, and put them gently put them into a, a harvest tray or harvest pack. That's about all I have for you on nectarines and peaches. Be careful. Grow them. Space them at least 10 feet apart and grow them to about 9, 10 feet tall. Cover the soil with wood chip mulch, 4 to 6 inches deep, and use a good quality compost when planting. That's it for now. Join me again on Desert Horticulture. <music>